0: to the Winter Palace. I'm your host, Mark Cole, editor and publisher of Odysseus Magazine. Today on the show is Dr. Lucha Steve Sims to preview the CML Anniversary Show, which is going to take place next week. We recorded this Friday night and was unsure of if there were going to be any changes to the card, as it turns out there were not any. We, You can hear us discuss the, the possible changes we thought might occur due to injury and other issues. We preview the card match by match and do our usual discussion of why CML booking is the way it is, plus some other random lucha stuff. We also talk about what's going on with the Dodgers, Steve's team, and a preview of his hometown Las Vegas Knights inaugural season, which is coming up in a few weeks. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Winter Palace. Next weekend is CMLL's 84th anniversary show. And to preview the show, including some possible big changes to the card, is our friend Dr. Lucha Steve Sims. Uh, I, I guess we should start uh, by asking, who had a worse day today, the CMLL programming department or you, Darvish? Yeah, that, that's, that's like... You took... You t- the Hobson's choice and, and made it
1: even worse. The both had a, a terrible day. The Dodgers have been so bad the last two weeks. They couldn't beat, um, I don't know, they couldn't beat a um, um, high school team, it seems like. I mean, I'm, I'm searching for a proper analogy, and I don't really have one. They've been really bad, and Hugh Darvish has been so bad that the talk amongst the people that I follow on Twitter and people that I have known and talked to and stuff, is that they're seriously considering not keeping him on the playoff roster, which would be amazing for the amount of money and how he and Granderson were supposed to be the saviors of the club, and they have not been the saviors of the club to put a mildly.
0: So
1: the CMLL's booking crew had a pretty rough night, too.
0: Yeah, we will... A, a
1: rough last, last few weeks, except for the Grand Prix.
0: Yeah, so uh, we will, we will get to the baseball talk uh, after the CMLL talk. Um, I guess the news broke either like in the last day or so. I I know Cubs fan wrote about it today. I guess it's in the New Observer, which I assume means uh, you probably can talk about this. Uh, that Niebla Roja, who was well, I in, but I have to add, I have to add before we get started that
1: you. You mentioned something to me just off the cuff a few years ago and due to due to having a new job and having to work hard and train on it and stuff, I got in the habit in the last month of just reading The Observer when it actually arrives in the mail. Just reading the hard copy. It's actually very refreshing to do it that way. My only problem yeah there's a huge events that happen, obviously, you know you know them because they'll be on the on the front page of their website or whatever, but
0: well, my only problem is that uh, given that I don't really watch anything else right now and I really don't care about MMA, so that when there's when there's a double issue and you know half of the issue is like two or three pages of the UFC show that week and two or three pages or more of G1, it's it's
1: it's
0: it's a, it's a quick read for the stuff that I don't read. So I still I still read after 30 years. I first described in 87 after 30 years. I still read every word. I just I mean, there are days if I'm not doing anything, I may. But it's like I don't want, you know, I like uh, so, I told somebody recently, I said I said I have nothing against New Japan. It's just I I don't care at the moment. I just don't care. So I don't want to watch the matches and i don't necessarily want to read about them and that's it's 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 not them it's me i mean it's not like saying i I don't want to watch wwf because of the product that's one thing it's like i certainly recognize that new japan probably has the best wrestling in 2017 but right now it's not my deal it's like i love new japan in the 90s and even you know some of the early 2000s but now it just Given the ch- I, I think this is what I told somebody the other day. I said, given the choice of watching two hours of New Japan 2017 or watching two hours of Florida 1982 or Memphis 1981 or Continental 1986, all of which I haven't mm-hmm. seen, I'd rather... The old stuff just interests me more than the new stuff. And that's, you know, not nothing to, it's not taking away from the current product it's just that's where my interest is Mark,
1: you're
0: not you are not alone in that why do you think the audience
1: 80% of the audience has walked away in the last 15 years 80% of wrestling fans have given up on things there are many reasons that's, that's not there's, there's lots of reasons and, and but that that is one of them they just modern style is great and the people who love it love it to death but it it is a ne- it's a lot narrower product.
0: Than used to I was about to say. Speaking of mediocre mediocre product right now, uh, <laughs> and it's it's attempt to be above a, a true international
1: program with with uh, uh, international cuisine and international cooking and international main events and stuff like that. We we have an interesting ladies' match next week, and that's it about it. This well, is, I must say up front, I hate to do the summary up front, but I'm going to do the summary up front. This is the least interested I have been in an anniversary show in 20 years or more.
0: Well, we are taping this uh, late Friday uh, after tonight's CML show from Arena Mexico, and you only got to see part of it. I, I had it on while I was doing other things that should say how... Uh, little it kept my attention the not surprisingly the best match was probably the the uh Dnistia Casas and Virus versus Fuego, drone and although i've now forgot who the other the third person was but uh that and i guess What's seemingly building to... I would,
1: I would add who the third person was, but you know what? It's a, You make a better point if you just don't remember who it was because you get that reinforcing the point of how little the card kept your interest.
0: Oh, it's right. Yeah, but it's, it's the thing where... Um, I think Rob pointed out. It's, you know, it's... While it was a good match, it's like these same trios have been, you know, wrestling on TV repeatedly. I, I mean, I said... It's at least I mean as much as I liked them at least it was a break from the Costas's wrestling the Panthers which you know have all have been fine but again you know we've probably seen that a little too often but uh, and I guess it looks like we're we're building towards something with uh, former podcast guest Sam Adonis and podcast favorite Negro. Did I just say that wrong?
1: No. Yes. Podcast and and um, 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 Odessa Steps magazine and Winter
0: Podcast.
1: All all media across all media favorite Negro Casas.
0: Right. So I think I tweeted to Sam and I was like, I said, you know, it's one thing if you fight Blue Panther, but it's like I don't know if I could fully give you my support if you're feuding with Casas. It's. <laughs> But there, we'll get to the, we'll get you to broke, what you
1: broke his heart. You
0: broke yeah. his heart. We'll get to the uh, proposed, what was, what may or may not be the anniversary card, in a second. But we've been sort of dancing around the, the big news well, is, is that Niebla Raja, who was one half of the main event, the Mask versus Match versus Gran Guerrero. Uh, has not been wrestling. He's only made w- one appearance lately, and that was on Informa Wednesday, to basically say, you know, here I am, and, you know, telling off all the haters who don't think they should be the main event of the show. But, as as apparently they even said on the show tonight, it's like, shouldn't, shouldn't he be in this main event match against the Guerreros tonight, since they're main eventing the anniversary show next week? So... I guess the question is, what do you know, and yeah. will will do you think he will be wrestling next week?
1: Yeah, my understanding is is that Niebla Roja. Um, my long term understanding is is that he wanted to call it, and he's wanted to for for a few months. I uh, wanted to call it a career, and. And, which is, is fine. I mean, that that happens on, on rare occasions with wrestlers, and most of them come back from indie shows to other stuff later. But for reasons I'm not quite clear, he wanted to, he wanted to call it a career and was willing to drop his mask and everything like that. And because he was in a main event um, gang, the lead heel gang, the Guerreros de uh, Laguneros, with CMLL, having him lose his mask could be theoretically thought of as something that would help a younger star get over better and I believe at first they were considering it as they put another feather in the cap of Dragon Lee and then they decided for whatever reason that no they had done Dragon Lee at an anniversary show last year and that it ending up beating, beating Amy a and Roja wasn't going to mean that much to him so they started a turn and Niebla Roja was going to sacrifice his mask to Gran Guerrero. The trouble with that is Gran Guerrero is not a singles wrestler and is, has no cachet as an anniversary show main eventer. They so got started with Niebla Roja feuding against Ultimo Guerrero, trying to you know work the match and work the spots against Ultimo Guerrero that he wouldn't have with Gran Guerrero, and then and then the feud was handed off to Gran Guerrero. And then somewhere in the last 30 days, things have just gone south. I know there are reports out there that he injured himself um, somewhere around the last week of August and hasn't been around because he can't be around. Although as the babyface in the match, if he is going to wrestle, showing him as having been injured and accusing um, Gran Guerrero of doing it would be a good angle to run to inject some, some heat and maybe some out into the match for the for the average fan, but no, he's just vanished off the face of the earth, except for this one appearance. Well, very well, he's been on Twitter, but I mean, it's very odd, very odd. It's hard to see why CMLL hasn't pulled the plug and gone in another direction with this, because the match is very small and wasn't selling any tickets anyway.
0: Now, I guess there's a number of options that they could have that they could do a really short sort of smoke and mirrors kind of match that where he loses and loses his mask and all of that coming on the heels of what has been horrible main events this year. Anyway, mostly involving peer off and Diamante Azul, and we'll get to him in a second, but I guess, you know, you know, they had that nine minute main event on, the last big show that somehow was actually better than their, their previous match. And so, you know, you could do something very quickly and try and do something. That was the, that
1: was the one where Sam, Sam Adonis won the hair underneath of, of blue Panther.
0: Right. But, um, or, yeah, or, you know, they could, re- or he could be replaced at the last minute. Um, I guess, I know, uh, Cubs floated the idea that Angel de oro could do it who is Niebla Roja's brother but dear you, would you want him to lose his mask on that short of notice
1: no no that's silly he's, he's like a, is it, if I remember correctly I thought my head he's like a double world champion or world and national champion or whatever right now he
0: even is one of the many he's
1: the, the, the least capable he's not he's not the shits, but I mean, he's, he's the, one of the least capable of the post-younger guys, he is one of the post-younger guys, and you wouldn't just throw that away in a week, throw his gimmick away in a week like that.
0: Or I guess you could substitute somebody who's not on the card right now and have them beat Grant Guerrero, but that would be stupid too.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Ultima, for whatever reason, whether it's because it's really not his brother, it's his cold brother, between Gran Guerrero and Ultima Guerrero, or other reasons, I don't think that uh, um, Gran Guerrero's mask is going to come off. Not for, not for a long time.
0: Is it possible, At and this is sort of like the third option, is you just, you change the main event where you make it... You know, one of those tag team yeah. matches where the you know, an, a Perejas Incredible match and you know, you throw some extra people in and then yeah. at the last minute one of the you the
1: things I thought they were gonna to do tonight is suddenly have everybody just get in a massive feud with each other and throw everybody in a cage, keep Gran Guerrero, and Ibla Roja in there. Keep it keep it that way. But throw everybody in a cage. And maybe increase, because like I said, this, this match is not generating any interest or selling tickets. So, so even the, the stupid, which I agree is generally the stupid, this concept for an anniversary show is a multi-man cage match. But it might actually be an improvement in this case. And I thought they were going to do something. In fact, any angle that you suggest, I think, might be an improvement over the fact that they've got a show where one of the two guys is basically missing in action. And I would have thought that tonight would be the, have been the night to do it. That their show tonight—something, anything, maybe even just acknowledging that the, that he's injured and throwing a third, just a third match out there of some sort.
0: Well, there are a number. of
1: you know, Madonnas and, and a Hair match for Japan versus Mexico or something, or even not a Hair match for the Honor Flag match or whatever. They. Did, I understand they did nothing. Literally nothing to set up anything other than little bits and pieces of why Casas and Adonis are feuding in an underneath match.
0: The end, they They did some stuff in the I guess the semi-main with Volador and Kojima sort of going after each other. But, you know, they're just two guys in, the, in a six-man next week. It's not like they have a singles match. But There are a number of higher-profile people missing from the card, so it would not be the worst thing in the world to suddenly add a match with Dragon Lee and Mystico and Caristico versus somebody. Or, you know, I guess depending on which of them is going to be replacing Diamante Azul in his match...
1: Yes, they could have. I agree. They could have done almost anything that would have added a little bit to the card. I know they are very stubborn, as I wrote once. Stubborn is their middle name, and it's their the the, the secret answer to all their questions and retrieving their passwords and stuff. It's, everything is stubborn. But, yeah, they won't go beyond a six-match card except on, like, ultra, ultra rare occasions. And, frankly, I'm not sure Paco considers this an emergency because, if he drew what he drew with Diamante Azul as his PRR, he's probably thinking, you know, I, it, and, it's, and it's an anniversary show, which will sell tickets on its own. But it, it's, it's not going to bomb, and that's good enough for me.
0: Well, you know, as we've as we've talked about on the show before, you know, CML shows on Friday night are becoming more and more of a touristy kind of thing, anyway. So you figure if you're going to have a boatload of tourists in town for the holiday, plus all the people, I mean, it is a holiday, so, you know, you're more likely to draw a crowd anyway. And I think if I remember right, the tickets are, the most of the tickets are not super expensive. I mean, the usual sort of closer tickets are expensive. But I, th- I think if I remember right, most, most of the building is sort of reasonably priced. So yeah. they may, you know, Again, is it better to have a full house with with a lower gate than a three-quarters house with more money? You know, I guess... Well,
1: and, and he's and Paco has run a series of events over the last three or four months where he's had not huge cards, but, but bigger than average, but just a little bigger than average cards about every three or four weeks. So he's had four or five, 10,000 seat um. um Cards that were 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 had some sort of big stipulation match on them, and even now this one there, there'll be some interest in the ladies match. It's not CMLL's um, modus operandi to take an anniversary show and put the women at top of it. It's whether or not society has got to that point. CMLL has not, and so that was never going to be an option. But. It does have some interest, and in, people will buy tickets to see that, I think. But they well, I, I really found it odd they didn't do anything, even as a backup, even you know ha- having and, – and maybe, as we'll get to Diamante Azul, maybe they did have a the backup. They were going to, in fact, run on tonight's show, and then Diamante Azul in the past 24 hours has left them in the lurch. Maybe they were going to throw – you know, an angle out there to where if Niebla Roja could not wrestle next week because he's just too injured and he can't do it, then Rush and Diamante Azul could do an on-the-spot match, which would be you know just just unheard of in Mexico. But it, it, I mean, it's been done before in, in wrestling where they throw something out there to satisfy the fans.
0: Now, since you mentioned, we were going to get to it eventually. But if if the main event doesn't happen for whatever reason, do you think they would put the women on top or would they just put, they just put whatever is going it's, to be the that's semi-main? That's very event. interesting question,
1: and I should add that no less than a reasonable thinking journalist or author or writer, as Ernesto Ocampo of Super Luchas, is still of the opinion at this, at this moment that the main event either won't go off or will have to be severely adjusted because... Gran guerrero is that in, injured i don't know but but i mean he's not one that's just you know he's he's not a um long distance analyst who's looking at tv and and hearing second hand and third hand stuff he's right there at it and if he thinks that i'm willing to give him the years and years worth of good reporting the benefit of the doubt that he's probably seen something uh, with, with his own eyes and experience something, you know, in, in his own reporting that would give him reason to think that. And then, what do they do? Do I mean, and normally, the main stipulation match should go on top, and so the women should be put on top. But now it just doesn't think that way. I, you know, there's all sorts of things. I mean, maybe they do throw Angel De oral out there at whatever point, and and, and just, just don't... Pay, pay him back, and say he's he's got to stand up for the family, or ask him if he will, whatever. Paco understands the value of masks, and I don't know that he's he's never been accused by anybody of forcing them to to lose their mask when they really said they didn't want to. It may affect how they're promoted in the future, but I mean he's never really asked them that, that I'm aware of um, when they really didn't want to drop their hood to for him for them to do it anyway. So I don't know if you could get on Helda Oro to do that,
0: so then you're left with why not put the women on top. And the I mean, what's scheduled to be the semi main is just a hodgepodge. I mean, right now it's supposed to be Caristico, Flip Flip, Go- Flip Gordon, Flip. and Volador versus Kojima, Mephisto, and Ultimo. And that I mean, that's just I mean, that's like a war six man match right there. It's just like yeah. three random heels and two of our and it's funny that you know that Carisico's in the semi-main when tonight he wrestles and he comes out before Valiente of all people. It so it's, it, well, it's it is it it is, but that's the that's the way they think differently. Mark
1: Mark, when they're booking the big shows like the anniversary, they suspect that the, the when they're booking tonight, they're booking for their fans that are. Yeah, the, the less casual fans and the more hardcore fans, and so anniversary show, they're likely to get a larger attendance that doesn't follow the product quite as closely. And Carístico is just the bigger name; he's just the bigger attraction, even if in his current um, role with CMLL, he's he's probably beneath Mystico in, in in their long-term push pushing and books and stuff like that. And I still expect that sometime, sometime maybe three or four years from now. But sometimes he'll walk away, drop his hood to Ultimo Guerrero, and go on with different things in his life. But Mystico will be there 15 years from now because Mystico strikes me as much more of a lifer at this and with a real long-term career, just like, just like his brother Dragon Lee. But I think it's just because they're going by name value. And having Clip Gordon on there and Kojima is just, to, just simply to illustrate on the card that they've got quote-unquote international stars. That's all. The, the, the average fan will, will won't recognize the names anyway, but they'll understand that they've got somebody, from, you know, somebody from New Japan and somebody from from a U.S. promotion, and they'll, they'll they'll probably equip themselves really well. They won't embarrass the CMLL, and they'll have some interesting spots. and it It, it, it won't be a good, it won't be a great match, but it's it's the sort of thing that's, In CMLL's very old-school way of thinking is how you make a show look special on its poster. When you've got a walk-up business that you have to satisfy. Uh,
0: So as we sort of mentioned a couple times, Diamante Azul, fresh off his inexplicable win in the Grand Prix, although not, I guess, understandable but still head-scratching, no, um,
1: I, I actually have a scenario that may actually end up making
0: sense to you. out of this. But go ahead, go ahead with the setup. Okay. Well, so he, like you said, he got to push last week by winning the Grand Prix. Um, you know, he was on the anniversary show, and like you said, he may have been part of the emergency contingency plan because of Nabil Rahal's injury. Now, apparently, uh, was not there tonight won't be there next week because he's uh I believe this they what what is being said is he had a family emergency and had to go back to France. Much like Poochie. He had to go back to his home planet. Mm-hmm.
1: Um <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> so so he is off the car at the anniversary show next week. We I don't think we know who's who he's going to be replaced by yet. Like we said there's a number of people Yes. Who, who are
1: story, You know, there's been a story going around that he refused participation on the card, which I'm going to come back to in a second. But he's off the show and, and he refused participation, which of course would be different than oh I have a family emergency, I have to leave the country. So yeah,
0: you so want me, you want
1: me to go you want to yeah. fire ahead with, with Yeah head yeah, head
0: yeah, head? yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: Generally speaking. Generally speaking, the biggest match CMLL could run at the present time, I think, and probably in the next couple of years, is Rush risking his hair against Atlantis' mask. If, if there is a bigger one, it's it's only it's only equally as big. I don't I can't think of anything that's bigger.
0: Well, would I could? What would you know? They have. What would you? What would what would Rush versus Volador, hair versus hair, be like? Would that be up there too? It
1: would be. It would be up there, but that would be later. That would yeah. have to be later, I think. I think I I could see a situation where Paco's in his head has got the next couple of years planned out, and let's say he's got that for his 1919 anniversary show, and then in um and in, in, in the earlier and in, in for his um 1918 plans, he's going to have Rush, who he wants to keep very happy. He, he knows there are two or three huge payoff gates with rush sold out arena, Mexico at high prices. Um, if a couple of times where he beats a medium to large star with his, for the mask and then sets up Atlantis. And I could see the Amate Azul being set up for a, say a, a, um, um, an anniversary show next year, or even a dos Leyendas next year where he drops the mask to rush in order for Rush to keep his string going, keep him happy, and set up for the the one mega show that will rival what Triple A just did with, with Triple Mania. Something like that. I can see all of this push for Diamante Azul is to try and create somebody not at the level of Atlantis and not at the level of 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 old Mystico and stuff like that. But somebody right below that that can be the stepping stone bask that will then get to and set up in the CMLL layer of progressions, the Rush Atlantis mask. So it, it kind of looks to me from the outside that that's what, what Paco may be thinking, and what the front office may be thinking. They, that They've got something to this. But which, like I say, they're, they're very old school, and they're very stubborn and stuff like that, and planning two years out in advance is a hard thing to do for any wrestling promotion anywhere on Earth.
0: Which presumably has led to doing whatever it takes to make Rush happy, including pushing his father and allowing him and his father to work for the crash.
1: Yep, absolutely. The point is Paco wants Rush for those two dates, or two or three dates, the two or three September or Marches, where he can draw a million dollars at the gate with him. And between now and then, whatever will make Rush happy, I think Paco is willing to do as long as he doesn't appear on
0: somebody else's TV. Or uh, be named in any more lawsuits or beat up any security yeah. guards or any yeah, of the other yeah. things that Rush has done over the years.
1: Well, you know, Paco, He's been suspended. How many times has the commission or CMLL suspended Rush? And he, he is their one of the two people in all their future million-dollar match scenarios. So, I mean, there is a point where he could—he could he could just like L.A. Park he could behave himself out of their plans and they
0: would have to go with, with different plans I was about to say
1: There's always you know, a chance that
0: could happen I was about to say I mean, who else on the payroll would be allowed to continue his indie feud with L.A. Park with brawling and being suspended and all the other things that the all the other things he's not allowed to do in CML he does anyway on the indie shows and they don't really mind
1: or appear in Conan's promotion, and it's not. Conan does not own it. But Conan is affiliated with it, and he's, he's you know, he, he works with it. But so like I say, Paco is is. I think he is making a wise business decision to to keep his stars happy and just reserve their rights for the time when the big money is to be made.
0: So the rest, the matches that we haven't mentioned so far in the show. Uh, the main of the opening match is, th- th- these are alternative. This is based on the ad that showed up the other day, but they have not officially announced the card as of yet. And probably, since I won't post this until Saturday, I will wait to see if they actually release the show and then probably add it in the notes once we know. But this yeah,
1: is and, what... And, and my feeling is, Mark, the reason they didn't is because there was serious consideration while they were drawing up the card this week of uh, whether or not to throw on an extra match on there or change the main event or address the situation that the Abla Roja couldn't go and they wanted to wait and see what actually happened tonight at Arena Mexico before they released the card. So there may be a you know, a valid reason why they kept holding it, holding and holding it, because they just hadn't made the decision about what to do with
0: the main event. Right, so as of now, The opening match is uh, the two Panther kids and Stuka Jr. versus Dragon Rojo, Pulvera, and Echicero. So that should be a perfectly fine sort of get-the-crowd-going opener.
1: I mean, that would be a a, great... I would pay money to go see that match. That's a lot of people in that match that I just adore watching.
0: And, and
1: it will probably be fine. I hope they don't. They, there is no doubt whatsoever. They will. There will be certain things they won't be allowed to do because it's the opening match. And they don't want to take away from from others later on the show. But it, it, there's no reason why it shouldn't be a really good match.
0: Well, it seems like the last couple, last few big shows, they've had good openers. So we at least have had that going for us. The second match uh, is uh, TBA for Diamante Azul, Marco and Valiente versus, uh, the new generation Dinamitas, who the promotion is apparently amazingly, uh, in love with at the moment, giving them, you know, two sets of titles and, you know, giving them lots of TV time. So they, you know, it seems like you know, the Panthers and the Casases have have been stalled in the mid card, but it seems like the new Dinamitas are probably well on their way to being moved higher than them already.
1: It is, and I have, I can understand that. They have CML has been very careful to promote Young Technicos from Dragon League to Sobrano to El De Oro. They have really been very, very careful and actually pretty good in the last eighteen months about promoting young technicos up the card. It, 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 they've really got to have some uh, uh, some young rudos to follow with them they can't just promote young technicos and make make those the guys that get promoted at the card so I mean these are the best of the young rudos and I can see why they're they're getting that chance I'm still gritting my teeth that puma and tiger the casas kids the felino kids they'll get more and more chances because I think they're as good as the ngd are I think. Hiker and Puma are even better, but they're, for whatever reason, they are just floundering away in nowhere to go in CMLL. It should be a really good second match. It strikes me that that this may not be, I I, I would think Soberano Jr. would be, he's, he's not otherwise on the card, am I missing something? No, that's
0: what I'm saying, he would be the logical he's, person. He's the likely
1: person, Yeah. Dragon Lee and Mexico—that's too low on the card for something that you want to push as a main event. John Technico—you just don't want him working the second match, even though i, I realize Valiente and Marco are, are working it. But Sobrano Jr. just strikes me as like a big pointy light from from the from from all the gods of all the religions saying this is the guy for that spot.
0: Yeah, and this, that will make
1: it a very good match.
0: Right. The uh the third match is uh Cronio, rush Rush and Sam Badonis versus the Pest... Ooh, just that team. Oh. Versus uh, the good Negra. So it's uh-huh. Caveman, Felino, and Casas. So obviously, you know, I mean, I Sam... I can't
1: imagine why they didn't try Mr. Nable
0: out there. So Sam... Uh, yeah, so Sam and Casas will probably be the, the focus of that... Uh, during the show tonight, I realized that the actual secret the secret of this match may be the fact that we may get to see four, uh, regular tag team partners Mihe and Zacharias go at it in the mascot battle.
1: Oh, yeah. I, this, this one is just for entertainment value.
0: And speaking Maybe of this... they really
1: do have plan of Casas and Samadonis down the road, but unless they do, I suspect this one is just going to be entertainment and get some people their paydays.
0: And, and speaking of them, uh, I know some people I think may have been expecting to see the micros on this card but they' they're actually they're going to be on Tuesday's uh, arena Mexico show but they're not on the anniversary show.
1: I could have seen them, but somebody mentioned this to me in a, a or maybe I just saw it on a Twitter comment that. No, you've, for the casual fan, having the women in a really important match was one attraction match on the show. The outside, to the outside world, the women are still seen as an attraction to the casual fan. And you wouldn't put two attraction matches on your anniversary show card. So the, the, the fact the women were on there precluded anything other than just everything else would be regular matches. It's, they were describing that as a way that the C M L booking office thinks.
0: The only the only downside to that is Microman getting a win on the anniversary show should have submitted him winning Observer Rookie of the Year, but it's oh, well well, to settle for him. Has to settle for him being on the Tuesday show. Well,
1: actually, I shouldn't say that because in the Observer audience of Observer Rito so few people watch. It's 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 amazing. So few people watch um, Mexican wrestling and 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 etc. It's it's it's. You'll, you'll see when the votes come out. It's, it's hard, 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 hard for a Mexican wrestler to, as it, it, time goes by, to get that. I know Dragon Lee just won a couple of years ago, but that's because we incessantly screamed and yelled for three months about Busca Day doing evil, going on. And there's nothing, there's nothing like that. Micro Manch, you know, is is on TV on rare occasions, not not, you know, 16 or 17 or 18 for weeks and stuff like that. So.
0: I uh, I think I said I don't know if it was last year or the year before. Where I pretty much made the point that I think, I think a luchador making it into the top ten, is is a pyrrhic victory for lucha, in the in the awards. Because I think that's just.
1: I, no, I agree. I agree. I go, go, go to town on this one. If I'm
0: behind you, 100 percent on this thing. But, you know, I mean, I, I think at some point. Last year, around the voting period, I was talking to a bunch of, you know, the regular Lucha folks that are on the show about could we make a concerted effort to try and push Hechicero to be – to at least make the top ten in best technical wrestler, and at least two of, you know, our friends said it's not even worth the effort. You know, it just, it's just like – it's like the best – they. Someone I think said the best you could do with a concerted lobbying effort was pro- would probably get Volador in the top ten for best flying wrestler, but he's going to lose mm-hmm. to all of the the New Japan PWG types. You know, what I mean, yeah, there's just yeah, there's yeah. just too many people who are going to vote. And
1: it doesn't say anything bad; it's a reflection of the voting audience, not a reflection of the wrestler.
0: No, but I mean, it's just I th- I mean. There's so much inertia I think with with the awards. If you look at the awards over time, you know what I mean, it seems like once somebody especially in a niche category that once someone starts winning, they're just going to keep winning until I mean it's sort of like gold gloves. You know that yeah. you know that that Mick Foley was going to win best brawler until, you know, he was injured the whole year and wasn't going to wrestle you know and danielson was going to win best technical wrestler you know probably you know until he had to retire and now you know i assume i assume ricochet will probably win best flying wrestler for the foreseeable future just because that's the way it's just going to go
1: I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I think the most interesting category to involve an actual Mexican wrestling um, occurrence this year, well, maybe two. I mean, how how people are going to look at the sexy star Rosemary thing in their year-end awards with their their disgusting tactics and stuff is interesting. But I'm very interested to see where the world's most watched match this year, Wagner and Psycho Clown, places in the match of the year voting because it was nowhere near a match of the year under the rules of uh, under, under the the um uh, in, in in the factors that create star ratings but it was a match of the year in historical importance and in impact and in in just in general um the whole presentation including the unmasking at the end to see how. interested to see how that comes out. My guessing is it's going to be somewhere between 10 and 20. So it'll get some votes, but it won't make much of, it, much of an impact, even though for its, purpose, for its purpose, it really helped its promotion as much as any match in the entire world
0: this year. Well, that's, I mean, I guess we can digress for a second, but it's, I mean, what are the odds in 2017, and not even Lucha, but, like, any promotion, where you actually plan a match a year ahead of time, and it comes off? I mean, just because of injury, that doesn't happen, let alone all the weird things that happen in wrestling. Sure. As- and then you
1: add in the fact that one of the two is arguably the most unstable wrestler of the last 25 years, in dealing with his push and his pay, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then... The head of the office, Joaquin Roldan, died. And so people who are unequipped to run a front office now have to run the front office and put on the show. And it still went off. An amazing thing. I suspect that we were, it was the tip of the iceberg, just like Carrie uh, Von Eric beating Flair at World Class, that although we hadn't seen it at the time. In hindsight, we could see that that was the tip of the mountain and everything was sheer downhill from there, and I suspect something similar is coming up with AAA. But we'll
0: see. Well, I was going to say, if nothing, I think over the the you know relatively short history of this podcast, which is you know like a year and a half or something, I mean, we constantly talk about how many things have happened to triple a i mean i don't usually talk about triple because i don't watch it but you know you had the thing you know in 2016 where you had you honestly had a top 10 list of bad things to happen to that company including wrestlers yeah. dying yeah and people leaving and all sorts of things and this year has been much better and yet you know, they pull off the main event that they've been building for a year. And again, you know, this is the second high profile mask match that I've, that I got wrong because to me, all the, you know, not knowing probably, you know, like not having as many sources as you do, but you know, on the sur- on paper, it's like, you know, it made, it made sense for psycho clown to lose his mask. And, because, one, you wouldn't expect Wagner to actually lose. And two, you know, he's, especially now that, you know, you have all the stuff with the Alvarados going on, that, you know, for him to unmask and become, you know, Juan Alvarado, whatever, you know, whatever his name is, and, you know, just become one of the Alvarados, and they, you know, they could become a clique and, become like the top baby face or heels depending on what they wanted to do with them you know i and that's the thing you know it's i think a lot of the stuff that i think we all expected to happen with maximo and la Mosca really didn't pan out the way we thought it would
1: it didn't and i think there are two reasons one is because televisa agreed to air it basically live or put it in a time slot that any promotion the world would have died to have gotten that they agreed they pro- most likely AAA wisely said we're going to cut out all the shenanigans and we're just going to have a batch. And B, because Wagner was getting such an enormous payoff, I had heard he was getting a hundred thousand. turns out he's getting 250,000. And for all I know he did in fact go up there the last week and hold them up for war money. I don't know at what point in time that 250,000 came came to into existence whether that was known 12 months ago or not but nonetheless, once I found out that figure,
0: I figured, well, for that amount of money, Wagner will lose as clean as you ask it to. It's just, it was one of those things where, on, like I said, on paper, just like on paper, it made sense for Somber to beat Atlantis. But, you know, again, we did not, we did not know all of the things that were going on. You know, who would have...
1: It, it is true... Oh, once again, I yearn for a Mexican-style observer, for somebody, somebody like Erdesto and there are others who could also do it, to do it. But nobody has even, even attempted
0: such a thing before. But uh, to go back, I guess since we we haven't really okay yes, I was going to say we haven't really we've mentioned it a bunch of times. But the other match is, of course, the women's mask match with. Uh, Princess Suhe and and Zixie's, who we may or may not be having an interview with this week. We'll see how that goes. There, we talked about it. We haven't done it yet, so I don't know how busy she'll be this week to get it done. But there may be there, there may be an interview on the website, not a podcast. There may be an interview on the website with her this week talking about the mask match. But so I'll throw that out there without promising it might happen.
1: Good. Often, oftentimes for for people that are in in mask matches and stuff like that. Oftentimes they try not to jinx it by giving them too hard a I mean they work they'll work you know, around the horn and stuff, but they try not to do too much to them and not to loan them out to independent promoters and stuff like that. And then on some occasions they just they will be in, you know, in Arena Mexico during the week practicing out various not not necessarily running through the whole match. That's not how Mexican wrestlers wrestling even to this day works. But doing certain spots and stuff. And practicing certain things that they want to do.
0: Well, it's funny, She, Xerxes was doing commentary tonight, which everyone said, I think, is probably the first time she's ever done it, so they were at least keeping her front and center.
1: Yeah, I thought, I thought so. My, my memory of CMLL Cars is if things are going well in a promotion of a big show, the week before the, the actual Friday night before, seven days before, they actually usually don't put the two combatants in the same match. They, 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 you know, they run their their singles matches and their relays, relay matches, and then whatever else they need to do, and they wrap it up 14 days before the, the match, and then seven days prior, they more often than not,
0: I'll go, I'll go, to put that far out of the limb. Well, it's they funny because the two, they keep the two out of being in the same match because they had a a six woman match on Tuesday, which had Princess Suhe, but not. Xerxes, and I was almost, I was expecting some kind of run-in. But, but they didn't. I mean, this and, may have...
1: And, and, but, and that, to me, actually indicates, I think, CML is very happy with what they've promoted, that there isn't anything else they can do with these two that will increase their value at the gate, that they've already maximized what they can, and that, you know, in, in the casual audience they're trying to do, the fact that they're having the mass match, is sufficient. They don't have to. They don't have to go to crazy, unbelievable links that I thought they would try to do with Gran Guerrero and, and Niebla Roja. They they just they just have them feud with each other, and it's it is to me, Zooksis for so for such a long time early in her career was just always put up against Silueta, and I always thought Silueta would be the one to have the final big. Stipulation wrestler Zuko has finally put up her match, but it turned out to be Princess Suhei, and one of them is 26 and at the at the approaching the high point of her career, and one is I guess what 37 or something like that, and has probably seen her best athletic days behind her, and the women's promotion in Mexico is is not healthy in in general. I mean, women's wrestling in Mexico just generally is not healthy. And I am very, very interested to see. Normally I would expect the Technico to go over, but in this case I think Zuxis has more value to them long term and it probably she'll end up winning.
0: Well, a couple things based on that. It's funny. I was talking to someone today who does not watch Alucha, who was watching uh, the new episodes of the Mayon Classic, and was very not impressed with Princess suhe And I said, you know, she is arguably like one of the two best technicos in Mexico. I said, I said, that should sort of tell you sort of where the overall quality of the women are right now. It's... You know, between—I mean—between yes. I mean, between her and Marcella, I—you know—I think are probably easily the two best technicos. And then you get Silhouetta and um, La, the, the La Valkarita. you Yeah, know I mean
1: Karina. she's and it, and it, it goes down in a hurry.
0: In yeah, ways. she's she's okay. Um, I know it's a running gag, but I—I don't think. Sinelli is as bad as some people say she is, given her experience level. I mean, I, th- I think I agree she gets a loss sometimes, but I think I think there are flashes of her being not bad. But you know, after that, it's you know, I don't you know. Then you start getting to you no, know, you start getting to like Scotty and Estreita and you know. Though, people like dan and on the tannico side you know xerxes i think is a clear number one and then you know there's amapola and then you know is like is you know is Dallas third you know what i mean yeah, it's yeah. like when she,
1: you know she has good matches and she has bad matches and she has much more much more towards towards the not so good side than the good side but <laughs> For a lot of them, they have worked with their other opponents so frequently and so often because the roster size is so small that they are able to actually do when called upon certain spots and stuff that, that just out of just constantly working with the same crew over and over and over again, that when you put somebody in like a Mae Young Classic or in with Strange People and stuff, they, they, they have no confidence and they have no experience and again because the roster is so small they're not used to wrestling lots of different people with lots of different styles they're just used to doing the, the same things with the same people all the time and so they don't look good in, in outside situations and, and they and the newbies take forever and effort to get into the it's a very um, matriarchal I guess society that the Marcellus and the Amapolis at the top run it like a, a, a queendom like a, a, a beehive, and it's very hard for the younger wrestlers to get uh, a, a lot of confidence built up when they are, are in a very hierarchical chain of, of, of
0: employment. It does make you wonder how Xerxes would have actually done if she would have been the one to go instead of Princess Suhei. I mean, I mean selfishly, I'm glad she didn't go because... You know, I'd rather have her stay in Mexico than go... Th- I mean, yeah. for her sake, I mean, f- from, like, a professional point of view, I'm sure, you know, she probably eventually does want to go, because it's, I mean, it's like, okay, she's she's going to Japan soon, I think in October for Reina, but it's like, other than, you know, unless she, you know, and they don't have a, you know, that's who they have their work agreement with, so she's probably not going to work stardom, so it's like, you know, unless... You know, Prazak wants to bring her in for Shimmer, or Bring of Honor wants to book her. You know, there's not really that many opportunities for or you know, or to work indies here, because I think she's worked a couple times in the States.
1: Yeah, but there's no there's no name value to any of the Mexican women in, in, in almost anywhere else in the world. It may be on the tiniest promotions in Japan there is, but the, the, the crew just isn't good enough. I mean, as a, as a whole, it isn't good enough. The, the two that are the two that you would historically have been the best, Marcella and Amapola, are, are much older and getting and not getting younger by the day. And and to be honest, for American wrestling, what WWE is promoting is what I think the Amer- average American fan would want to see. And the CMLL uh, women, a don't have the English to do the, the microphone challenges back and forth. B. They don't have the body that even in the more athletic style WWE is promoting now will 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 help get them over. And C. It's it's you know it's it's just I'm still not convinced that WWE has any interest in promoting a Latin or Latina star. Um. The the way that they they I mean they had so much success with Guerrero and Mysterio and Mysterio is now very old and. and if he ever gets much older, if he comes back only wants a extremely limited schedule and we'll see whether or not Jim's agrees to that. But beyond that, I'm just not sure they're all that interested in, in pushing Hispanic stars. I don't think they see that as a marketplace to, to go after for better or worse.
0: Like I said, was it tell you that, uh, that, uh, almost does not even make the roster of the video game that, to me, that's that's not a good sign. Even if they're maybe going to add him in later, but you know when they have like 80 80 characters in that game and you're not one of them, that's probably not good. It's not good. Even if you even, know he's the, final, the, I guess. If,
1: yes, that is something that they they would they would not overlook putting putting somebody that there or they have some promotional push coming up for. They would not overlook putting them in the game.
0: So your opinion is that Princess Suhe is probably the one losing.
1: Yeah, I suspect so. I I would. Wh- whereas if Niebla Roa and Gran Guerrero goes off, I think it's a ninety-nine to one percent chance that, that the Rudo is winning. Here, because the Rudo is winning the main event, and CMLL has never had an anniversary show, I think ever, where the top two singles matches the Rudo won both of them. That gives me a lot of pause, <clears throat> but. I just think Zuxis has a can be the lead face or the lead character of the women's promotion five years from now, and Suhe will be older and more broken down than she is from now five years from now. And I think there's more value, unless of course Zeusus is just a fabulously good-looking person, and they think that the mask losing the mask won't help her because in in, in in Mexico, if you if you know if you can sell a pretty face that's
0: that's an advantage i just this is one where i really don't know and i think there's so much stuff behind the scenes that i don't know or the potential to don't know that either 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 would make sense based on things i don't know about so i mean i'd like to see xerxes win just because you know friend of the magazine but yeah, I you know I don't. It's ne- no I, no outcome would surprise me. I guess. Well, I guess the double you know double mask thing yes, that would.
1: Thing, that would be a major surprise. <laughs> I do not see that that as a realistic possibility. There's no reason not to have one of them lose no. the fans. What what they came for?
0: It's just yeah.
1: I'm I'm very curious to see how this draws. I really am. I think that main event is such a stinker. The semifinal has very little interest other than it's a bunch of international guys. And then you've got a women's match, which has interest amongst the hardcore fans, but I am unable, completely unable, it may or it may not, I literally have no idea how the average fan that only buys one or two tickets a year to CMLL is going to view this. And then the rest of the card is fine, but it's not worth, it's not worth, you know, it's not, It's nothing that, that is going to sell tickets or not sell tickets. It's just, it's, it's sufficient for its undercard. very interested. This could be a, a real bomb of a card, or the anniversary name could be so strong that people are just going to, you know, the fact, oh, it's Friday night or Saturday night, it's anniversary show. I think the fact that it's Saturday night is also going to hurt it. I think that's going to be a negative. And it's nothing that CMLL can do about it. It's just. I shouldn't say that. They could have moved it back a week. But if they're going to run it that weekend, there was nothing they could do about it. Running it on a Friday night it's, it's in, for that culture, on um, it,
0: the Independence Day Eve, is not possible. It's literally not possible. Do you think the attendance is going to be hurt by people wanting to stay home so they could be home in time to watch the boxing match?
1: Boxing match? Well, that, it won't help. won't help. I'm not... To, to me, to be perfectly honest, if I were in Mexico City and if I were a fan of martial arts, that that, uh, Canelo and, and Gigi, is far more attractive to me than Mayweather and McGregor. I mean, like like multiple multiple levels of attractiveness, and I could see it happening. But CMLO has its fans that loves, has its fans that loves professional wrestling, and they have a marketplace of twenty million people that live within. One hour to 90 minutes um, commute time to the arena, you think they could get 14, 13, 14,000 out of 20 million? It just strikes me that there's so many people to draw from, and this is your one big show, and you are going to have at least one match that is of historical significance, even if it is the limit. That, that it, like, I Bomb may not be the right word, but it may be 55 to 60% full, I think. Maybe it's cap. There's a lot of factors, like you say, though, that are drawing drawing my, my guess as to what the number will be down.
0: And not only that, I mean, I don't think this would directly affect the anniversary show, but there's also, I mean, because it's a holiday weekend, there are a bunch of other shows... Sort of both, uh, yes. both in they're Mexico, they're both in Mexico and actually, I mean, that's not going to affect that. But I mean, there's there are a bunch of lucha shows in the states, two for that weekend. That you know, well, for the hardcore lucha internet fan, you know, might draw their attention away from watching. I mean. You know, Chalanga Mask is running in Chicago, and I know there's some kind of lucha show running over in New Jersey that, you know, if I wasn't working, which means I may or may not actually get around to watching the anniversary show when it happens, you know, it's, you know, there's a bunch of decent people on that show in Jersey, I know, Maya is going to be there. And, you know, the, like I said, there's the show in Chicago. You know, there's the Super Astro show. There's, you know, and... I don't know. From, from you know, it's it's a big,
1: big, big weekend. It's not Kids Day. Kids Day is a unique day all into itself. But beyond that, this is probably the second most... The second string of, you know, three or four days where the guys will get their, their most bookings for the year. But they'll, they'll work a lot. And there will it... be far more interesting... I think your point that you're going to end up summing up with is there are more than one card that that people can go see in Mexico City or in Envira that are more interesting than the anniversary show.
0: Well, certainly if I was one of those people that are like, you know, going down for the weekend, you know, the anniversary show might be like third or fourth priority, if that. And yeah, and if you take out the women's match, you know that's Four, six a or six or seven. Yeah, that's that's a pre-generic arena Mexico card.
1: Yeah, it draws. Like I said, that's why it's the least interested I've been in an anniversary show in years. Years. Only thing I really have any creative. Well, I I am now fascinated to see just what happens in the main event because it could be some kind of disastrous train wreck. And you know everybody goes to the cockroach race just to watch watch the cockroaches crash, but the women's match is really if it if you know if that's separate on on YouTube and if and I don't want to pay for the, the internet the pay per view and, and somebody pirates and I can see it on YouTube that may be like what I watch and then watch the rest later.
0: Well, and if nothing else, I assume in a couple weeks, you know it'll be on. Azteca or something, because I think if I saw right on the Cubs' TV listing, I think you know I think the Grand Prix is being shown on you know one of the free channels. I think yeah, yeah, yeah the, the 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 U.S. As show is showing the Grand Prix this weekend. So if you didn't get the pay per view and you didn't watch one of the, whatever version showed up on YouTube that somebody put up. You know, I'm sure like two or three weeks from now, you know, they'll probably put the mask match on TV. So, you know, you'll see it then if you don't really want to pay or you don't trust iPay per view or what have you.
1: Yes, or or what have you, yes, you're, or you're just not that interested. You, you can see it later and, and it won't kill, even as a relative hardcore. He won't kill you to know the result ahead
0: of time. Yeah. No, I mean, because certainly the better anniversary shows are always, you know, the mask matches are generally. Over
1: Atlantis was great because we literally, even though Rob had figured out the likely outcome, even then we really didn't know for sure while the match was going on how it was
0: even And even if we sort of do know... I mean, even watching historical stuff now. I mean, you know, I know a bunch of us watched it again at the beginning of the year because it was the anniversary, but, I mean, certainly Atlantis Viano 3 holds up over time. Atlantis Ultimo Guerrero certainly holds up from a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, I'm, before its time, it was neither, neither of these guys was a great worker, but Ryo DeLisco and Ciencaras from 1990 holds up. It was quite a a, for its day and its time it was it was great and of course once you go past Mexican wrestling you can look at a lot of the All Japan 80s and 90s stuff and the Flair Steamboat stuff and there there is stuff that holds up even 25 or 30 years later although to a modern fan just seeing the first thing and then showing him old stuff it's like trying to take take somebody that listens to current music and, and then make him listen to the oldies you listened to when you were young and they go you know, I just can't get into it That's just, just not the style That's not the way things are supposed to be
0: Well, that's like when people in like
1: entertainment world today
0: That's like when people watch old matches now And then, you know, Hector Dave about How could you have given this match X number of stars? And it's like, well, you know, at the time It was what it was It's like, it's, you know, watching You know, fl- you know Flare steamboat from like 1989 you know a a 2017 fan is probably not going to give that four and a half stars or whatever dave gave it but you know i mean
1: no go ahead
0: ahead. no i was just going to say i mean personally i long ago sort of gave up giving stuff ratings and i just sort of say you know good entertaining not too great I guess really good but you know not the best thing I ever the the number thing and now you know there's you know all the rigmarole with you know the star ratings and everything and it's just like you know if you say if you say it's good and I should watch it that's good enough for me I don't need to argue over a quarter of a star and why did something in 1983 get 4 stars when it's not as good as you know some new Japan dome show now and it's like it's apples and oranges and it, and it's historical context
1: it is but things change things change i have nephews and i will show them things that i thought were classic films of my youth whether they are very well-known stuff like 2001 and i tried to explain to them at its time there was nothing else like it, it was so far ahead of its time in Portraying you know outer space technology and stuff like that, and all they can sit there and go is for two hours they go this is so slow, this is so slow, the oh, movie is so slow. I could I can I can tell you so used to the modern way modern way of entertainment being presented to them, and a lot of that's true in wrestling. You look, they look back and they say this is so slow, this is slow. So where's the where's you know what they're asking for is where's the next high spot? Oh,
0: I can tell you even in 1992. I had a girlfriend fall asleep three different times when we tried to watch 2001. And I finally had to explain to her, I said, you know, there really is only about 45 minutes worth of movie in this two-and-a-half-hour movie. I said, "I said just watch the 45 minutes that has dialogue. And the rest of it, you know, you can sort of... I, I mean, it's sort of sacrilegious to say this, but you know... In 2017, there's nothing wrong with speeding through the 20 minutes of the colorized Grand Canyon going through the Stargate footage.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, or, yeah, I mean, even in, you know, when I had film classes in the 90s, there were people who were like, I remember there was, we we had seen some kind of artsy 50s movie. In class. And people were just... Had, like, no time for it. And my professor said, "Well, like, what's a good art film? Like, and so this is, like, 1989, 1990. And, and, some, and somebody said Barton Fink. And my professor just laughed and laughed and laughed. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's the same with Thor of All Culture. It's, you know, you try and watch, you know, seventy sitcoms now. And how slowly paced they are, and the laugh track, and it can be it can be a chore even when you know how good it is and trying to sit through it. It
1: is. I watched when when I was when I when about the time you were there, I was watching you know Mash in the seventies and eighties, and it was like considered very 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 state of the art. And now I go back, I can barely sit through the episodes because they're so preachy, they're so loud, and they're so obvious. But at the time, that was that was the art of the time, and at the time, you know, if there was a time when when the headlock was a finishing move, and there was a the time when the body slam was a finishing move, and there was time when the Michinoku Driver 2 or the Wagner Driver was a finish, and now there's a time where you know all sorts of code Reds and and Canadian destroyers and and you can go through through a match like um, what what was the one from. You, we haven't seen this week's issue, where they've reviews Donovan DeJuck against Keith Lee, where they do 25 minutes of kicks out of finishes and stuff like that. You go, you get to the point where there is no finish ever that means anything. I'm being hyper, a little hyperbolic with that. But generally, that, that, that if any finish can be a finish, then no finish is
0: a finish. No finisher is a finish. And even when there's a finish, there's no guarantee... If you have a, a ref like Tarantis. That's not a
1: complaint. That's not a complaint. It's just an observation. It's an observation. It's the way things are.
0: The I would say well,
1: 2017 is what it is, in the wrestling of 2003 or the Attitude Era is not coming back. And the Mexican lucha wrestling of blood and brawls and intense mass matches is not coming back.
0: I would say, and you can also have a pin where the ref messes up the count like Torantes did last week and. <laughs> The wrestler's train the improvise the crate finish, and the ref will not count it. So you never know.
1: Well, yeah, that's true. We, we, if if, if I'm invited to a future podcast, we must revert. We must have five minute segment on the, the art of refereeing around Mexico and and historical and stuff like that. Because there, of all the things I love about lucha, refereeing is last. It's just disastrously bad right now but I was watching up, well, I was watching explain in a different segment
0: I was watching I was dubbing some like 2004 tapes not that long ago and I had forgotten that tag matches used to have two referees two
1: referees
0: yeah and you you know a baby a baby face ref and a heel ref and I'm like I'm like boy that would that would be so horrendous now it's like Toronto's. No, but, is, when
1: you watched it, did you go like, "This is wrong. This feels wrong to have two guys in there. It's too crowded. It's, it's not. It's not right to have two referees or something."
0: Well, even even like you know in the '80s when you would have the stipulation where you would have the ref in the ring and the ref on the floor. Yeah. Even then, that that becomes too complicated because it's because that just means you have to invent more creative spots where like the heel manager has to distract. The second referee, not even like just the one in the ring. Um, but before we go, we will get back to what we briefly touched on earlier, and that is the uh, the collapse of your Los Angeles Dodgers, who I believe I heard the other day, since Rich Hill's near perfect game, have the worst record in baseball. And that
1: is, that
0: is correct. And uh, as as we are recording at this very moment, it's the bottom of the ninth, and the Dodgers are losing after having the lead. The only good thing is that the uh, on we we can't lose a hundred games day, San Diego managed to beat the red hot Diamondbacks, so at least they won't lose any more ground. I mean it's it's funny to say they've it's you know, they've had this collapse and yet they still have a ten game lead. I mean, just showing you how insane their their hot start was. You know, but
1: Well, it was. I mean it was like records thought it was like what, seven seven ten or seven twenty um, percentage baseball? I and, mean what yeah, yeah. When you're when you're you on so far ahead that you can't be caught, and that may be influencing some of the decisions they made with some of the talent. But boy, has the, everything everything just gone to pot in the, the last three weeks? I mean, they haven't been almost almost fair to say they haven't been competitive.
0: I was going to say they're.
1: The they, brought, they brought in have not meshed well. The people they brought back from the stable list have not meshed well. Kershaw hasn't pitched well. And they'll probably go ahead and win the World Series anyway.
0: I was going to say they're not so far ahead that they have started putting the magic number in. So that's even so. Which, I mean, I think at one point it looked like they could have clinched at least a playoff spot. Before September, and I don't know. I don't know when that's happened. I don't, cause I don't remember. So it was
1: going to be if they if, if they come back and get two runs in the bottom of the night and San Diego
0: won, it was going to be the magic number would be zero tonight. Yeah. Oh. Because I was gonna say I don't remember how. When, and of course now there's a different style of playoffs, but I don't remember how early Seattle clinched. In two thousand one. I mean, I'm sure it was early. I don't know if it was... I'm sure it wasn't in August. I think I will probably remember that.
1: No, no, it wasn't. I remember it as being right around Labor Day. But once again, as I say on every podcast I'm ever on, be careful with me trusting things straight from
0: memory. But, yeah, it's... But you wonder if
1: it's, it, yeah, it's funny somebody would be that good, and I know they had an awful lot of luck because they had twenty twenty three comeback wins in like the eighth or ninth inning or whatever. There was a bunch of luck in it, but that's true for any any team that's going to win one hundred and sixteen or one hundred seventeen games. You're going to have to win fifteen or twenty in what would classically be luck. But they had a lot of a lot of good things go right too the first five months, and now it's just the, the opposite.
0: Well, it's the thing where people have said, you know, did they peak too soon? But I mean, realistically, it's like are Cleveland and Arizona peaking too soon right now? I mean, there's still a month to go. It's I mean, you want to go in playing well, but you know, wouldn't wouldn't you be better served by these these kind of streaks coming like two weeks later like that that crazy year that Colorado won twenty you know yeah, like
1: twenty two games in and in, in September.
0: Right. I mean, that's when you want to be on a roll. And, you know, there's this weird thing now where are you actually better off being the wild card and not having three or four days off to keep playing? I mean, you may lose your number one starter to start the first round of the playoffs, but, I mean, it's, it's still such a small sample size, but the number of wild cards that have either gone to or won the World Series in the last few years, says there's something to the fact that being the wild card is not as disadvantageous as it should be on paper.
1: No, no not at all. And it, it's happened. Some, some low seats have gone to the Super Bowl, too, as well. It, 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 when, you, when you have a tournament to end the season, and this, this is true in a lot of sports, funny things can happen. Baseball tries to eliminate that factor by having best of five and best of seven instead of just like you know a March Madness, where you have one game, and for one game your shooting is off and you're out and et cetera, et cetera. But well, didn't it's still, still it's who is who's hotter at the end of the year or who, who
0: is peaking, I guess is a better word well, at the end of the year than the record you have. Didn't, didn't one of the Kings Stanley Cups wins come when they were in, in the A seed in the Western Conference? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. They barely got in. They were the eighth seed, and then they just destroyed everybody in the playoffs. I mean, they won four straight, four straight, four
0: straight, and then, like, four, four to two. This is one reason, one of the many reasons I, you know, I now prefer sort of international football to, you know, I now appreciate the purity of we have a 38-game season in the Premier League We play each team home and away and then whoever wins wins. You know,
1: I know I know, I know, I know, I'm gonna argue with you on this and I'm gonna lose because I'm arguing on your, your your turf, you know this better than I do. But the money and the interest they are throwing away by not having a
0: postseason.
1: Oh my god.
0: I think well I guess the good thing for for like European soccer is like you have a cup competition which is not, not really the playoffs, but in a way it's sort of you have a knockout tournament that kind of takes the place of a postseason. I mean, it it doesn't take the place of a postseason, but it gives you what the postseason gives you, I guess, which is a knockout tournament. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, there there are so many cups and so so, so many intra intra year or inter year tournaments and stuff like that. It's easy if you don't perform well in one. Um, season-long competition to be able to
0: find something else you can do better at. Well, I I mean, I believe... I think I have this right. I think, like, the year that Liverpool won the Champions League, I think they finished, like, fourth or fifth in the Premier League. And then, you know, the year that Chelsea finally won the Premier League was not a great year for them. You know, they had all those great teams when they won the league, and then... You know, they they quote-unquote lucked into winning the Champions League by sort of flukily beating Barcelona in the semifinal and then beating Bayern in Bayern, I think, on penalties. That sort of fills the need for the weird postseason anything can happen upset kind of thing. Uh, does, 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 does that give hope
1: to the younger... Or to to the smaller budget teams in the Premier League, or does the fact that the occasional season of a Leicester City
0: give them hope, or
1: or is that just too too far out of?
0: I think that of, is. The, I the
1: think. Reality.
0: I think that was such a weird confluence of events that I mean, again, looking at this from afar, is it seems to me that for. 12 you know like 15 you know 12 to 15 teams in the Premier League it's like surviving is winning you know keeping keeping your share of that billions of dollars is is you have no realistic chance of winning so really winning is staying yeah, in I the Premier I mean, League right. getting your right. money and then if you luck out and things go your way you can maybe get to the final of the FA Cup or the other cup. I mean, because you had that four or five years ago when Wigan beat Manchester City in the FA Cup final. I mean, that's... You know, that's like your Super Bowl three. But I think... But then, the, but then they won the FA Cup but got relegated. So it's like, what was... Did you win the battle and lose the war? Yeah you know that's happened a couple times in you know probably like the last 10 years where a team has either won or gone really far in the cup but because they prioritized one over the other too much that you know they end up getting relegated and then is one moment it's i guess it's a, it's sort of like that argument about in the you know in the last 20 years, would you rather be a Braves fan or a Marlins fan? Yeah. Do you want 20 years of That's consistent of consistent success and no titles, or bad 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 title, bad bad bad, bad title? You know, I mean, the Red Sox a couple of years ago went from like last, and then the next year they won the World Series.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or, the, you know, the, the weird, even odd thing with the Giants. I mean, there they weren't bad. I mean, they were sort of average the years they didn't win. But then, they you know, they have, like, you know, three rings in five years or however much it is.
1: And, yeah, and then two years later, they're the worst, as bad a team as there is. But. It's very strange, and, and.
0: But it's better to win and then be bad, than say be Houston and be bad and now suddenly good, but haven't won anything yet.
1: And and yet the market still grows and people will pay exorbitant prices to buy franchises, multi billionaires from other multi billionaires, and and there's there's not. I don't think there is, you, you may correct me if I'm wrong on this because you follow it more closely than I do, there's not the looming, growing um, um, sort of Damocles hanging over the head like there is in American football and boxing and other sports where CTE and other concussion-related research is eventually going to prove that the that sport should be, you know, by all common sense of a normal society, should not be practiced. I don't think that that is ongoing in soccer. You do have a lot of you know headings and stuff.
0: Well, that's I think people
1: are realizing I mean, it's not that's not good for the body, but it's not destructive like like football and other American sports
0: are. I think with soccer, I think there's just the odd outlier, like Taylor Twelman, who does commentary, you know, who does the MLS games for ESPN, had to retire because he had too many concussions from heading. And, you know, and it, it's apparently a much bigger problem, like, in women's soccer. Uh, you know, there's been, I guess, there's probably, like, a disproportionate amount of head injury concussions in their game. And there's also a lot of, and there's a lot more knee injuries in women's soccer. For I think I read that once, just because I think that has a lot to do with just sort of the physiognomy of how women's knees are, like, slightly different than men's knees. So the ligaments are slightly different, yet they do this, you know, they play the sport basically the same way. And so I think, like, maybe they're more vulnerable to, like, you know, the kind of sharp cut when your cleat gets planted and your knee goes the wrong way kind of thing. But I know, like, I think, like, in in youth soccer, I believe they've, like, banned heading under a certain age. You know, I think, like, if you play soccer and you're, like, under 10 or under 12... You're not allowed to head the ball. So that's at least something. But then, you know, and, you know, and, you know, CTE is still such a weird thing and it's, you know, how damaged is that, you know, it's,
1: you know. It just strikes me that the initial research indicates that the likelihood of the outcome of Really, really strong research is that playing football and/or playing, or doing boxing and/or wrestling and/or even MMA is still going to be so deleterious to the human brain that it's very difficult to sanction it. Well, the society.
0: I mean, one of the football
1: is so gigantic. You know, people have a hard time grasping the fact it may not be here thirty years from now, but I'm not sure it's going to be here thirty years from now.
0: I, I mean, one of the reasons that I gave up watching football is, and, and this is something I still sort of don't haven't completely reconciled with, like how can I be so appalled by football injuries yet still watch, still watch wrestling? But I think with football, it's just so. I think part of it is when you see, you know, your 40 and 50 year old football players and they can't walk and they can't pick up their car keys and you know, and all of the people, you know, with brain injuries. And then you take that and you couple with all the other things that I think is wrong with football or as I love to call it the football industrial complex. Uh-huh. You know, that I think sort of the CTE injury stuff is a, is a major reason why I don't watch football anymore but it's not the only reason. But wrestling, it's sort of... You know, and that may be another reason why I'd rather just watch old stuff. It's sort of like... It's in the past, and there's nothing I can really do. You know, me watching Ric Flair in 1983... Like, I sort of know where he is now, but... You know, it's sort of different than watching New Japan World and watching you know guys do shoot headbutts on each other or or you know dive off stages or i mean you know one of the things about lucha is you know there's you know there's still a fairly decent injury rate but there's not really any, there's it seems like there's there aren't really The devastating injury in Lucha is not as prolific as the Japanese style or even the WWF style. I mean, there are so many people getting hurt in the WWF now that, I mean, it seems like you don't see that in Lucha as much. I mean, you know, it's the guy does a dive wrong and he maybe, you know, busts his leg or, you know... But it seems like the like head injuries are much rarer in lucha than other forms of the sport, or that may just be that may just be what I tell myself so that I can keep watching it.
1: Well, I think I think there's you're probably onto something. I for years that we used to wonder how come um, more luchadors weren't dying at young you know in their thirties and forties from from what generally would generally be classified over the overarching classification as due to taking you know too much steroids and too much PEDs over their life. And I, we, we came to the conclusion, the completely unscientific conclusion, was because they didn't take the amount of these things. And it, it may be the same thing here. They're, they're, they are hurting themselves, but they're not hurting themselves to the amount, they're not doing the amount of, brain to brain impacts there's your occasional chair, chair shots especially in triple a but there's not the level of violence that that you you would have seen in and, and it still can be seen in some independent mexican promotions that you would have seen in years past it's much more of a video game flying and moves offense now and, it, and i think that Overall, that may actually be, if people can catch, it may be a bit of a safer thing than having lots of of bloody brawls and, and power and impact moves.
0: Yeah, see, I should probably say that, I mean, I basically only watch CMLL and the occasional super indie if it's people that I like working against each other. I mean, I'm sure if I watched IWRG or DTU, or some of the other uh, smaller stuff that, like, Rob and those guys watch, then I probably would see a lot more crazy stuff. I I certainly know that occasionally, you know, Rob will post a GIF and I'll be like, just shake my head, you know, guys diving from the second, you know, in some rickety building outside Mexico City where a guy climbs up 10 feet on a pole and does a, Somersault, plunge it to the guys on the floor who probably aren't big enough to catch him. I mean, catch I don't regular, I don't see that kind of stuff on a regular basis. So that may, you know, that would probably also color my opinion.
1: Well, you've missed you've missed a lot of lucha underground spots too, where they do ha- do run a more physical style and have dives off of gigantically high stages and stuff like that. I'll have to introduce you to Anna, some of Ann Helico's greatest
0: hits from Lucha Underground. Well, but see, I know he's okay because he's a time traveler.
1: Yeah, well, that's fine.
0: Yes. So I know he's probably going to be okay because he's still around to come back in time or something like that. However that, however that works. I'll say, yeah, well, I know about comic book time travel and I know about Doctor Who time travel, but I don't necessarily know about Lucha time travel.
1: Well, Lucha Underground time travel, they're inventing, inventing a new, you know, 997 year old people and, and and let's just say it's very interesting. They're thinking way out of the box when they came up with this.
0: My other joke there would be Lucha Underground time travel is how do we tape a show 18 months ago and we still haven't shown all of our episodes yet? Or how long? How long?
1: In advance.
0: I say how long, or the other question is, if if Ricochet signs a seven-year contract, how long will he actually still be under contract by the time that seven-year contract runs out?
1: I don't know. It's, that's, yeah, I, some some people have to explain. I guess in any business, the contracts are only as uh, as, as valid as the the, the, the you know the. Wants to enforce them is so if if Ricochet wants one thing he may get one thing and if if if, if a much smaller star Marty the Moth wants one thing he may n- not get any of this stuff. It's it's all all the the at, at the discretion I guess is the word I'm looking for of the person who's um, who, who's executing the, the, the contracts.
0: And I guess, lastly, before we go, since it's almost time for training camps to start, how is uh, how is Golden Knights well, fever in Las Vegas? Well,
1: you know, I thought we were going to be getting to Arizona Fall League. I guess we'll have to do that with the next The next. Uh, – I'm going, going to, to Phoenix the weekend of the 14th. I'm hoping to see some Arizona Fall League. The Golden Knights is going to be very interesting to see. I – see a little bit of interest here, but the Las Vegas community in which I live is that's a misnomer in terms. I don't see there's a lot of people that live in here, but it's not really a town. Most people that I have met from here and that I live close to moved here. Didn't grow up here, don't have a lot of, of roots and are not particularly interested in The Raiders are a different story. We can get to that if you want, but aren't particularly interested in supporting a team just because it's from Las Vegas. And I'm not sure there's a lot of hockey fans either. So I'm not so sure after a year or two that this may be like the Padres building a a beautiful new ballpark in downtown San Diego. You get a year or two bump out of the newness of it all, and then it's very, 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 very hard to uh, sustain interest unless you have sold the people not on the arena and not on the the team, but have sold them as fans of the sport itself. And I'm not sure they're really fans of the sport
0: here. Well, the thing, the, the, the factors that I wonder about are, like you said, transplants. Transplants who would be interested in, I guess, snowbirds going to see the team from where they came from. Uh So, like, you may see higher, higher average attendance, say, like, when the Blackhawks come in, or the Red Wings, or, you know, maybe, like, the Kings or the Ducks, maybe. And two, will people from the North plan trips to Vegas that include going to see their team play? Like, it's the kind of thing where we're going to – like, we were planning on going to Vegas, either for a bachelor party or just because it's Vegas or whatever, and say, well, what weekend do we want to go? And, you know, if they're from Toronto, they say, let's go this weekend because the Leafs are playing, and, you know, we can't get Leafs tickets in Toronto without paying an arm and a leg. But we can see them while they play in Las Vegas because the tickets are cheaper, and we're already in Las Vegas. So I wonder how much of a bump they will get when they play the Canadian teams or Chicago, Detroit, maybe like Boston, New York, Philly. You know, who plans going to see games as part of their Vegas experience? And we have, no, we, have we
1: have no no background to follow follow up on this will be the first year we'll we'll find out whether there is any such interest like
0: that plus i would imagine i mean i know everything in las vegas is air conditioned already but i imagine you know that will be a nice cool place to be you know an ice hockey arena you know in las vegas is probably a good relief even in the winter time
1: It it could. It's the arena. The T-Mobile arena is actually in a – there's no public transportation other than than just a regular, plain old, strip-level bus line, which is inappropriate, really, for for a major sporting event to get people back and forth to. Um, Unless you're drawing people um, from other cities, the arena itself and getting to it and parking there for regular, you know, 80 games a year schedule and stuff like that, it's it's not a good situation it's really not it's it's an okay arena for the occasional once a quarter or once a month event but i suspect even for for season ticket holders mark they're going to have a hard time with getting people where people aren't going to get awfully frustrated with having to get to the arena after work it's it, the parking is very limited and it's a really funky back way behind um the new york new york and monte carlo which is being transferred into a, a, a casino called the park um it's it's really really a a cluster to to get in there right now for twenty thousand fans coming and going all at the same time and i bet Early on, people will put up with it, but I bet after a while, after a year or two, it's really, really going to be
0: a problem. Well, the other thing that I didn't say before is, in speaking to that, is how much of the season ticket base are going to be bought by the casinos to give us comps, and then if you're, you know, if you're being comped to go to the hockey game, will you just take? The hotel, sh- like, will, the, will there just be a hotel shuttle that goes back and forth the nights that the hockey team are playing to, you know, to take your your high rollers back and yeah, forth?
1: It's an interesting question, and the arena is in an area where it's totally surrounded by one companies, the MGM Resort companies set of casinos. MGM Resorts owns MGM Grand. Um, Mandalay Bay, Luxor, Excalibur, um, Aria, Bellagio, The Park, and New York, New York. And I'm not sure how much it will be used as a cop by all the other competing casino companies, mainly Caesars Entertainment, which owns like Caesars Palace and Valleys and Harrah's and Flamingo and stuff like that. I'm not sure how any, much the other companies will push that. As, a, as an attractive perk for their people, for their for their people, they want to cop. I'm not saying they won't. I'm just saying we don't know yet. This this year will be the year where we'll start to find out some of that.
0: Yeah, I'm sure for like a lot of things. This is, yeah, this is such a, a new thing that probably, in a lot of the things that they plan won't happen, and a lot of things they won't expect will happen. So. I guess it is. It's
1: going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting. The Raiders are a different story. There are people who are fans of football here by the busload. Uh, by, by, uh, of the two million people in Clark County, County, there's a lot, a lot of football fans and very few hockey fans. And I can see the Raiders moving here being a success. But hockey, is, I am very dubious. It, it might, and we might get a little... A, a real bump for the newness of it all the first year or two but I'm very interested starting in year three to see how things settle
0: but yeah I definitely think once the Raiders start that you'll get the you'll get the, the visiting fans will make pilgrimages to Vegas to see their team play the Raiders I you know that yeah. I think yeah. is, a, is a certainty plus like I don't know I don't know have they decided how they're going to handle whether or not the Raider games will be on the board
1: Yes, they will be. Just like UNLV games are on the board here, they've already decided, and Golden Knights games, is they're going to let, let them be bet as normal.
0: See, I was going to say that would be like the one weird mitigating factor, but I, yeah, I,
1: the, the thing I think we, we keep hearing here, Mark, the same thing over and over is the one sport they are worried about. if a local team we're here about having betting on it. Is the NBA. They're not worried about hockey and they're not worried about football. Football is just too big. And hockey, people just don't know how to bet hockey. But the NBA, they would be very, really, apparently. I mean, I, I heard lots of scuttlebutt about this. Is that one of the reasons why there's not any further motion to an NBA team here is because the casinos are threatening not, not to allow any betting on the NBA, on that local team's games. Vegas because they don't they don't trust the sport
0: I could also see them just not wanting an NBA team because of the potential paranoia I guess of sort of what happened when All-Star Weekend was there like it may not be as bad for a team that's there playing 41 games as opposed to one big super party weekend yeah yeah
1: yeah, that's that's true.
0: But and I, I think get. There
1: is worried about about that. Vegas has changed so much in the last two years. It used to used to be a a all. For in the nineties, it was they were trying for the family market. In the early 2000s, they were trying for all commerce office market, and now most of their marketing and most of the the the, the money that is spent, not the most of the tourists, most of the money that is spent is from the L.A. club crowd, and they are just all in. If I may if I use that pun um, in, in Vegas. They are all in on attracting the, the club crowd, and the club crowd is an NBA, an NBA sports fan crowd. So I'm not so sure they would be all that opposed to, as you say, having a full-time team here. They just are really the, the sports books are just really highly suspicious of the nba as a product you know sports books generally do not allow tennis betting they'll allow on the grand slams they'll allow some matches to be bet and the overall winners but they are so convinced correctly i think there's so much throwing of matches and sets in tennis that they basically don't accept tennis bets and they i think they would like to do a lot of the same things um with nba but but they haven't got to that point yet
0: yeah, I it's I I am learning more and more of sort of about international betting. I mean, not that I I don't gamble, but you know, it's like I wonder if if they'll get to the point here in Vegas or in other places where they get the kind of spot betting that they get for football or for cricket or you know, or things
1: tennis. Where, t- t- tennis has a lot of international spot betting. And yeah. it's corrupt.
0: But, I mean, you know, would we get to the point when, say, if you have the NFL games on in Vegas where, you know, first and ten, it's, you know, minus 150, this is a run, versus minus 90, this is a pass. I mean, that's basically what happens. I mean, people bet – they bet on every ball in cricket. You know what I mean? And – no,
1: I, I do think that's coming. I do think that's coming, and, and constantly adjusted lines for wins. So if the Raiders are playing the Broncos, and the Broncos score a touchdown and go up by more than eight points in the fourth quarter, you can make a bet at that spot for the Raiders at much higher odds. Yeah, I know. As opposed to traditionally, you could only make bets before that, before the start of each half.
0: Yeah, if I know. all you could bet. Yeah, I know certainly in in, in, in soccer – that you know, I will I will like watch my Twitter feed, and people talk about how, you know, if a match is suddenly two nil, that they'll decide to actually you know place money on it end up end up two one or actually being a two two draw or something, and it, it it's sort of like the weird sort of yeah in game betting is so is so I guess foreign to us. Sort of like you know, in the old school, the old school ways of doing things. I uh, I guess that's one of the themes of the show. Things, new things are weird to old people like us.
1: Well, it could it it can be. I the, the classic NBA example that the sports use is when when one team is favored over the other by eighteen, and at towards the end of the game, the team that's um, winning. Um, who may be winning by 20 or 22, but they put in their reserves with two minutes left rather than one minutes left in college basketball and allows the other team to, to make a backdoor cover and stuff like that. And and you will t- hear people talk at, at, at the sports book. Because the sports book was generally was the last 20 years before I lived here where I, when I visited Vegas, that's where I hung out. We'd tell all of the time that people would go, that's fixed, that's fixed, that's fixed, that's fixed. They have fixed is something that's almost impossible to disprove that it's
0: sick. Well, I used to joke that yeah, when you watch when you watch a basketball game, and you had that weird sort of like big run in the third quarter and the other team being back that it looked like it was like one team had the heat and the other team was making the babyface comeback.
1: Yeah, well, that's true too. That's, that's 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 good. That's yes. That's the old Japan concept of you don't have to try to win the match you just have to make the match look entertaining In those
0: semi-shoot promotions of the 90s yes uh before we run out of time uh i know you are you are still doing your weekly hit uh on observer live and contributing to the newsletters uh anything else you want to mention before we go
1: there really isn't there really isn't there was i was hoping that with the growth of independent wrestling that it would catch fire in mexico and the crash is doing good it is certainly you know being more successful than i thought it was but it's not at the level yet where general interest in mexico is back so that magazine the magazine business comes back or even on the online magazine business comes back to where i am needed as a writer there so and unfortunately, my memory is not what it used to be, so I tend to stay away from too many spots involving, you know, history episodes and stuff. I do I do stuff for Alfredo with his with his Lucha Classics, um, Lucha Classica podcasts and stuff. But we, what you guys don't see ahead of time is that we heavily agenda. We put you know agenda together and allow me time so that I don't make mistakes on the air to go through and, and, and set up what I want to talk about ahead of time and stuff like that so I don't have to rely on a memory that's very spotty after the health issues of the last two or three years so I am less involved than I used to be I'm still involved as a fan but I'm less involved as a commentator although I suspect I'm about to get involved in writing uh, a couple of Hall of Fame biographies I highly suspect Wagner Jr. and Ultimo Guerrero are going to go in this year so i i'm just operating under the assumption that they will and 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 have already started to gather stuff together so that i don't have to to because they will be two those are two, two very large massive bios to write if the time comes and i've already started to put that
0: together cool yeah so people can check you out there and of course year. I cannot tell you when the next issue of the magazine will be, but I'm sure you will probably have something in there. Um, so, Steve, thank you very well, much. i
1: hoping you might be... Are, are you planning to go to WrestleCon in New Orleans next year? No. The last time I met you and saw you in person was at a, at a New Orleans Wrestlemania.
0: Well, if... Even if there
1: any purposes.
0: If there is another... If there is another sort of mid-South themed thing, then I may come down. I certainly would not come down for WrestleMania or any of the any of that there's stuff. 000,
1: there will be a crash of show.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there I was, will,
1: no, there will be a lot of good wrestling that weekend. There will be a lot of good wrestling, no matter what your tastes are.
0: I don't know if it seems
1: to be seen how much they will do on the meet and greet side. I I, honestly, I I don't know. It would be it would be a nice time to do another Mid South Retro um, Conference if they could. I would certainly not put it as far out in the boondocks, in the suburbs. If they did the last one, I'd put it much much closer to downtown. But uh, nonetheless, it was it was
0: appeared to be a really good setup. It was a lot of fun. I don't in in hindsight. I don't know if it was worth the two eighteen-hour drives, but it was certainly a good time. And yeah, I mean, you never know what'll happen. And you know, hopefully, if there maybe if there's another lucha lucha themed thing more closely around here, we'll do another issue around that. Or you never know. And like I said, hopefully, we may have something on the website next week with Zooksie's before her potential main event match. Maybe you never know what will happen. Certainly at least fourth from the top. If, or it would, fourth,
1: fair, it would certainly be fair to call it these days the highlight match of the show. You
0: yeah, I would. The main event slot. That is true. So, Steve, thank you once again, and we will talk to everybody next time.